from the forecast the foreshadow podcast seeking glimpses of heaven on earth through conversations about people's lives and work foreshadow is a spirituality literary magazine rooted in the christian faith this season our theme is songs of ascents pilgrimage and worship exploring the physical and spiritual journeys we make in search of god and fuller life i'm jarell and with me today live and in the flesh is songwriter producer composer james bishop james thanks for being with us today thank you for having me so i guess if you would uh if you wouldn't mind just kind of introducing yourself to our listeners yeah well thanks for having me my name's james i am a singer songwriter producer and composer um kind of all things music and i uh yeah, I'm 28 years old. I live in San Diego, California, and um, spend most of my days writing music, um, producing it, imagining it, living in it, swimming in it, all things music. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. And uh, can you kind of share with us, too, how did you come to music? Um, yeah, I actually, I grew up in a musical family, so music was sort of a always around um, for me. I kind of was just born into it my my dad is a classical guitarist and guitar teacher um he would play at weddings and stuff my mom is a drummer among other things she plays uh, 13 different instruments or, or more i think she's oh, wonderful yeah kind of very multi-talented in music but um but yeah music was a big part of of my childhood and, and upbringing so we grew up in a in a small mobile home uh, in san diego and it was just filled with musical instruments. So from the time I was a little baby, I was just everything at my fingertips and within arm's reach was a musical instrument. So that's how I came into it was, you know, just seeing something and that was my entertainment. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so uh, potentially some family band stuff going on too. Yeah. This, uh, yes. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I was known, I was known as a kid. Um, there's a picture of me from when I was like three years old and I used to, take the piano bench out from under the piano and we had like a like a sure sm58 microphone and i would just grab the microphone and i would i had this pajama shirt and i would unbutton it i was in my boxers and my <laughs> my hiking boots <laughs> and i would stand on top of the piano and sing songs <laughs> to people christmas carols anything yeah i love it and i would give everybody in the family an instrument be like okay hey, you're gonna play the drums you're gonna play the guitar and we'd all have a, a family jam. <laughs> I love it. Okay, wait. You mentioned I. You mentioned hiking boots there. Yes, yes. <laughs> so was that? I guess this is kind of going on to our our, our next uh, inquiry here. But so hiking and and being out in in nature is kind of a fundamental part of your upbringing. Would you yeah, say? Yeah, definitely. My my mom, I think, raised us to really appreciate our surroundings and nature. I mean, growing up in San Diego, it was something she would always say to remind us of is that we grew up in a place where people will spend their fortunes to go on vacations and stuff and, mm. um, and have a, you know, a sort of an opportunity to see the ocean and all this stuff. So she really raised us with that mindset. It was also didn't grow up with a lot of money. So it was a pretty inexpensive way to keep your kids entertained. I think was going camping and going to the beach and, um, so yeah, I grew up pretty outside. I mean, where I lived was nestle, nestled up right against um, like a bunch of hiking trails and hills and nature and stuff. So 
run around in there as a kid and um you know make forts out in the woods and stuff and then uh grew up surfing and uh, camping a lot and yeah I spent a lot of time outside so that was a pretty fundamental part for sure of my childhood and and then so later on then uh, more recently in 2017 yeah you decided to take essentially that intrinsic uh comfortability around nature and uh, decide to you know, undergo the epic journey of hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, uh, or um, colloquially known as the PCT. Uh, and for our listeners who are unfamiliar with what the Pacific Crest Trail is, can you explain a little bit of what it is? Yeah, so the Pacific Crest Trail, it's a long-distance hiking trail that runs from the border of U.S.-Mexico to the border of U.S. and Canada. And so it um, it's I think it's 2,600 miles in length. I'm not sure what that's in kilometers. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I looked it up here. I oh, was like, you know, nice. I, I couldn't help but Wikipedia. It's uh, 2,653 miles. Yes, that's right. Uh, or for our, our um, uh, uh, UK listeners or anybody using uh, the metric system, that is 4,270 kilometers. That's right, yeah. Which is, so yes, 26, it's... It's a long one. <laughs> it's a long one. It usually takes people, you know, four to five months. There are people who do it really fast, like ultra runners and stuff, but that's not me. Um, and I actually didn't do the whole thing. I did half of it. So I went from the border of U.S. Mexico up to a town called Chester, California, which is just about nine miles past the halfway mark um, near Mount Lassen. And uh, there was a number of reasons for that. I had intended to do the whole thing, but weather wildfires snow uh and uh my uh you know inability to keep focus <laughs> didn't allow for that to happen <laughs> all of the uh essentially the elements came into play yeah, a little all bit. of the elements yeah, yeah. with it internal and external <laughs> and i you know i i think with any kind of you know great feat is, is something like this i think naturally you know, and our listeners are probably curious, uh, why, you know, why did you decide to do this? Oh, that's a question I'm still asking myself, <laughs> to be honest with you. I, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm reluctant to say that I was looking for something or looking for myself because it feels a little cliche, but I think that that might be part of it. I basically, I, I remember, I mean, to be completely candid, I, I remember sitting on the toilet once as a senior in college and thinking about the end of my life, as you do sitting on the toilet. I feel like that's a pretty common um, uh, toilet thought. Is It's like a shower thought kind of thing, like thinking about yourself on your deathbed. And I'd wanted to do this for a while. My sister and I had talked about it a lot growing up. And, um, and I had stumbled across the PCT because it runs through San Diego. So kind of running around, I, I had... Uh, as a kid and and while I was in college and stuff I had done a number of short hikes on the trail and um, the idea of doing it had been a seed in my mind for a while but actually deciding to do it I, I was sitting there and I was just thinking about myself on my deathbed and kind of looking back on my life imaginatively and um, I don't know it was just a very simple like I'd rather have done that than not, so I just did it. <laughs> it was a little bit spontaneous. I think like the next day I just started telling people that I was going to do it, and then I sort of intentionally talked myself into a corner and that I couldn't really get out of, 
And I was just like, I guess I, I guess I got to follow through on my word here. <laughs> if I'm going to be telling people I'm going to do this. So I did it. Yeah. Accountability. And yeah. Yes, yeah. It, it, it keeps us, it keeps us doing this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and I guess so on, on this trail then and out there for much of the time is it's just you. Um, and of course you probably came across some other folks too, but, uh, can you just kind of describe the experience of, of just being out there, especially being out there, you know, in solitude much of the time. Yeah. I mean, it was, wow. That's, it was a crazy experience. Um, it wasn't like anything I had experienced before I had, remember I had done, um, a few solo camping trips in college that sort of got my feet wet in that mindset. And even a a few days of solitude like that was like, wow, I'm, I'm really ready to see some people. But I spent five months on the PCT. Um, a month and a half of that was, I spent with a hiking partner that I started the trail with and they ended up uh, leaving about 750 miles in. Um, and they were the more organized of, of, of the two of us. So once they left, I sort of, um, my, my journey really changed and I walked the rest of the desert portion of the PCT because the PCT goes through a bunch of different terrain and it changes a lot, but you know, the, the Southern California stretch of it is mostly desert. And there's some stretches where you're walking through like the straight up Mojave desert with no shade and, you know, just, desert 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 um and then it could and then the next day you could be up in the mountains and on a peak of a mountain with snow so it, it changes quite a lot but i finished the desert portion and then um walked the entire range of the sierra nevada alone and that was um sort of a really surreal experience of i guess i don't even know how to describe it aside from just trying to portray like this feeling of walking every single day so repetitively like that it was sort of meditative and sort of um I don't know like the repetition of of every single day getting up eating walking resting eating walking eating sleeping getting up eating walking eating it it, I sort of like it, it was just this weird sort of hypnotic thing where I, I felt like I sort it was just very surreal. And I, I think probably one of the most interesting things about it was like my headspace at the time was was so like I, I just thought through like the long laundry list of it felt like every thought that I had in the back of my mind somewhere would just like sort of surface and then it would, I would think about it and then it would sort of leave. And then after some time, it was like, I was sort of empty of mind. And, um, and the way I would describe it is like sort of an uncomfortable, almost like self-emptying, like an uncomfortable nirvana, because I think there was something euphoric about it, but there's also something sort of scary about, you know, losing touch with even my thoughts and just sort of being just being like really totally just being in the place. And that was, um, for me at least a little unsettling, I think probably cause I, I'm as a Westerner, I, I might over identify with my thoughts a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, that was, um, it was a really interesting experience. I've never experienced anything like it before or since. 
to being out there alone, you know, and, and kind of tying into, you know, faith, spirituality, um, it's, it, I can't help but think about, you know, you know, Jesus being out there 40 days, um, you know, and, you know, there's a couple of other instances in, in, you know, uh, biblical figures doing, you know, similar thing, being out there alone, you know, yeah. like Moses, 40 days also, you know, something about the number 40, something, you know, but, uh, should have stopped after 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, did how, I guess I should ask, how did this experience, um, shape or, or change your relationship with your faith? Wow. <laughs> That's a real question. Um, yeah, this is, I, I think it was a big turning point in my faith for me because, really growing up I I had been I mean I grew up a church kid my parents were worship leaders at the local church and so I was there at least two times a week you know and then I went to a Christian college for like higher education and stuff and so I was a worship leader there I was always in a very structured religious environment um and not at all a overly dogmatic one I, I grew up with a pretty um I would say the church I grew up in had a, a fairly liberal take on, on theology and, and teaching and really encouraged, you know, questioning and, and you know, uh, I don't know, encouraged stuff like doubt that I feel like a lot of people grew up uh, being discouraged from. So I didn't, I didn't ever feel like constrained by it, but I was always in the, in the community of it, in the church sort of realm. But then, I mean, I really part of why I undertook this pilgrimage, so to speak, is because I really wanted to, I was at a threshold in my life, looking back on 22 years, I think at the time of structure, of being in school, of being in church and being kind of given this uh, template for what life would look like for me. And then I was entering into this very unstructured time in my life where it was sort of like, all right, like go figure it out. And that's basically the only, the only, um, prompt. And so I, I wanted to kind of assess where I was and decide who I was and who I wanted to be moving forward into that new era, I think of like more autonomy and more choice. And part of that was what do I believe? Like what, what do I, like, how do I want to I guess, think about the world and myself in the world and my relationship to it. And so I spent a lot of time thinking about my faith. I actually, while I was on the trail, I prayed seven times a day, like kind of consistently in, in um, like the sort of office of the hours um, liturgy or whatever. And I wrote my own sort of liturgy for the trail and was praying that every single day, um, singing songs, singing worship songs on the trail. And it was so interesting to me to like, undertake that um process because um simultaneously while i was praying and 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 reflecting and contemplating myself and relationship to my faith and where i was had come from where i was going i was also in this process of emptying that i had described earlier where so many of the things that i thought i knew or thought i believed in were sort of like surfacing and then just it seemed like they were evaporating, you know, sort of into thin air. And, and I, and I came to a place really, it didn't take very long. I think it was 
only about a month of walking through the desert. And I guess the desert will do this to you. <laughs> if anybody ever spends a month in the desert, I feel like you might have a similar experience. But um, like I, I just a month of walking through that, I, I felt like I had thought through everything there was to think through. Of course I hadn't because it is infinite, but at least that whatever was, was lodged in my mind and in my sort of realm, I, I just sort of, I, I thought through it, thought through it. And I just kept digging, digging, digging down to like the bottom of what I felt, you know, I don't know, life was about or whatever. I've, I've always been a very existential thinker. And I think a lot of that, I honestly attribute to growing up in, in the faith. Um, you know, as a kid, you're thinking about God and the beyond sort of from a very early age. Um, but, uh, you know, I was sort of thinking through meaning and life and existence and all this stuff. And I got down to this place where I was in a very sort of ecclesiastical space where it was just like, everything is meaningless. Like everything had been surfacing for me. And it was just like that thing that I think matters doesn't actually matter. Um, and it's an interesting parallel to backpacking. I'll say just as an aside, because part of the experience of walking the trail is you really learn what you need to carry with you and what you don't need to carry with you. I think I, I had shed just after two days, I <laughs> ripped apart my pack and sent home like 20 pounds of stuff. Cause I was like, I don't need wow. this. And so I just kept kind of like stripping down. I was in a very sort of like stripping away mentality, getting down to the bare basics of what, what are the essentials that I need to carry with me? Not only in my pack, but also in my life and in my mind and my heart, and my spirit. And so, so many of these beliefs that I had, grown up with I they sort of surface and I just thought about them enough um and just thought that actually doesn't matter like at all <laughs> and it was a really weird experience mm. um to have that because then I was in this nothing matters place and it was it's a very thin line between like the ecclesiastical wisdom of everything is meaningless and the sort of nihilistic worldview that like nothing matters and, and I don't know that those are the same thing, but they can feel like the same thing when you're experiencing them. And so I got down to this place and I just thought everything is meaningless. But there was a sort of just like a little bit of a, of a difference in that for me where I sort of flirted with nihilism a little bit. And um, I couldn't quite fully accept it because I, I also was thinking about myself um, and like, if I was just like, well, if everything is meaningless, then like, you know, it, you could commit murder and it wouldn't matter. You know what I mean? It's like, that's obviously not true. And nor do I have any desire to do that. Yeah, sure. And, it, and, and I just thought, okay, well, so there's something more here that, that I have to like, kind of my sort of inner, I guess, um, mental framework hasn't quite latched onto yet. I started to think of myself and what what does it mean to even be human and and what like what what's the nature of our nature I guess and I realized that you know humanity is essentially relational we are in relationship to everything around us I'm in relationship to you I'm in relationship to myself um, to the 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 world around me the natural world animal world the materials, the things I own, the stuff I have, um, the material world. I'm also in relationship to some intuition towards the spiritual, the cosmic, divine, um, God. And I started to think of myself in those relationships and I just saw myself as inherently a relational being. 
And I guess from that place, it just felt like everything is meaningless except except that, like the quality of that relationship, um, those relationships seemed to matter to me. Um, you know, I didn't want to walk through the world violently or, um, you know, harshly or whatever. And I, and, and I started to think about the nature of those relationships and I just thought, wow, I guess maybe the only thing that matters to, in my mind at least, is the quality of those relationships. And um, really, I started to think about love as the sort of ultimate goal or sort of orientation maybe in those relationships or um and that was when i came to a place that love was the only thing that matters uh and i think that's kind of still where i am and and really how the trail sort of changed my my faith structure because that was something i mean that core is something that i grew up with in the christian faith is that's i think very central to uh, biblical teachings and Jesus and who he was and 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 how he sort of turned the law upside down and just said like hey look like you know the greatest of these is love <laughs> it's yes, like this is and, yeah yeah this is the point of the whole thing this is this is the secret subtext that everything is pointing towards is love and God is love and um I feel like I sort of experienced that in a firsthand way for the first time where it wasn't like I was hearing it from a pulpit. It wasn't this idea or this opinion to agree with or believe in from a mental place. It was something that I encountered with my soul and my spirit from a place of emptying. And honestly, I will say it was like I it sound it I feel like it could sound romantic like walking through the desert, you know, like emptying and like getting to this like love is the only thing that matters it was painful because hmm. letting go of everything i thought i believed was was tragic you know what i mean like there was a there was a there was a fear in it there was like um there was a sadness and a loss because it and and, and there was there was a little bit of a panic because it felt like everything i had built my identity on as a christian as a person sort of not even withered it just sort of vaporized in front of me like this is not this doesn't this is this is now vapor it's it's left the, the atmosphere and now you're just there and it's like wow who am i where am i like does any of this matter am i just believing in something because i need something to believe in you know whatever and it, it was it was scary it was like looking at yourself clearly in the mirror and just and and it it was a little terrifying so um, it wasn't romantic at all, but I think that little, um, it was a quiet sort of realization where it was like, love, love matters. That's, that's the only thing. Hmm. And then I just like, you know, sat down and ate some tuna <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and kept walking. And that was really like the last major thought I had for the entire trail. Like the next four months was mostly silence. I think I had had a couple of, you know, thoughts about you know surreal thoughts about if we're living in a simulation or something like that but you know it got to like weird places i think i had been outside for too long at some point but but you know i mean really it was like wow that was kind of the last major thought and then it was that was it and i was like wow that's i guess that's sort of where we are now and that's really still where i'm at in terms of my faith and what's guiding me in in terms of how i'm relating to uh, my christian faith and everything and so you've taken 
this period of you know several months of transformative experience and kind of encapsulated it into an album of music yeah um and not only that but you've actually kind of imbued it with uh actual sounds from the trail so you had brought some recording equipment yeah along with you um yeah can you uh tell us about that yeah well recording equipment might be an overstatement (laughs) (laughs) i i i did i i recorded i brought my phone my iphone and a tiny little microphone that attaches into like the lightning connector on the phone where you charge it um and that was my uh recording equipment so to speak um but I, yeah, I recorded part of my intention going on the trail was to write and record a full length album. It was something that I thought of kind of spontaneously in conjunction with the trail it was also a way for me to raise money to do it because hiking the Pacific Crest Trail um, costs money. You know, you have to have food and you have to take five or six months to do it. So you're not working and, you know, so I sort of decided, OK, maybe I could like make an album, do a little Kickstarter, raise money for this thing. It would be a really cool way for me to process it because I'm a musician. That's how I process the world is through writing songs and singing songs. That's that's really like my, I, I feels like my native language, you know? And so um, I did. I brought a little microphone that attached to my iPhone and I started just recording different sounds uh, out on the trail that I heard along the way. Um, anything from... A waterfall to I stuck my phone in a beehive once <laughs> um, and uh, well right next to a beehive I should say I uh, and uh, caught a swarm of bees and and you know uh, trash I found out in the desert or uh, ice that I found in the mountains or sand and whatever just like I just recorded stuff that I heard that I came across um, pine cones what have you and uh, then I, I also brought a small little carbon fiber guitar that I carried on my back the whole way. And I wrote songs while I was out there and recorded sounds that I heard. And, you know, with the idea that sometime after the trail down the line, I would somehow take all of this and make an album of these songs out of these sounds that I recorded. And um, so, yeah, I processed the experience doing that. I thought it would take me... Uh, a few months and it ended up taking me five years <laughs> to finish so yeah maybe a, a proportional amount of time one year <laughs> per month that you were out yeah. there <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i guess so and, and so since about the beginning of the year you've released a few of those singles uh from the album um and you're here to to play one of them for us yeah yep i yep that's right i've been releasing the songs from it finally and we're in, I'm in the process of releasing them sort of one by one telling the story of my journey the things I went through the things I've been thinking about since the ways has changed me and I'd be happy to play one of those for you okay so um yeah I guess I'll play one this one is called wrecking my body and it really stems from like the origin of this song for me is that sort of experience of emptying I had talked about um, where I had been thinking so much about all these different things. What do I believe? Who am I? Where am I? And it started to get a little bit absurd or ironic, I guess, because so much of what I came to believe or came to realize was that 
what I think <laughs> doesn't really matter as much as what I do or how I how I live in relationship to the world and to others and to God and and um I felt felt like my my faith structure had been built so much around basically my opinion about <laughs> about things and I found that to be sort of um classic in terms of a western based theology one that is I think you know rooted in that I think therefore I am sort of mentality that what I think about things is the thing that gives me my identity but I started to think about myself more in terms of how am I participating in the world and 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 what's going on and and it was a little bit convicting um because at the time too as I was walking um there's you know people talk about chaos as if it started in 2020 but it's uh it's been going on a long time and um you know i had been thinking about so much of what's been hap- what had been happening in america with police brutality and and seeing um black men get you know murdered on like videos uh circulating around social media like these really violent um abuses of power and um that particularly intersected with America's longstanding uh, racial framework. Um, And, you know, thinking about myself in relationship to all of that, it was a very intense time for me to be thinking about who am I and how am I engaging with my culture, my community. Um, And so this song kind of stems from that. It's a song where I'm challenging myself in that as a participant in the body politic of America, but also... Um, the body of Christ, so to speak, in the church, and um, where's my sort of participation? So it's a, a convicting, a self-convicting song, and also one that's sort of looking at uh, this, the disembodiment, particularly of my relationship to things. So, yeah, here it goes. <laughs> this is wrecking my body.
as my knees I try to orient and practice some embodiment to take a place in all immense to see to hear and live the creed in the canon but you can't make a noise without a Vacant lips, no consequence My skin and bone inside my head Shit, I might never know The world, the body I've ignored Cause I've been stuck in my head And it keeps wrecking my body and I've been stuck in my head And it keeps wrecking my body And I've been stuck in my head James, thank you for uh, sharing that with us. Yeah, it's, of course. I think it's great to hear the tune in essentially kind of the way that you would have birthed it yeah. in the moment, you know, just you and the guitar. Because yeah. uh, I know that the, the as, as um, the listeners, as they go and um, give your songs a listen, um, which we'll point to later on, but you know they'll hear a lot of the time that you spent you know with the production and additional elements right. you've added um so this is this is kind of great yeah Please. it's cool to share it in that way it's been a while since i've heard it or played it in that format so that was cool so uh, one thing we've been asking our listeners is um you know what are some of the texts that you know help strengthen and uh nourish their faith you know if, if you would mind kind of sharing you know whatever those words are that uh, kind of give you, you know, where you draw inspiration and strength from. Yeah. While I was hiking the trail, I mentioned earlier that I carried a liturgy with me um, and I prayed, you know, through the hours and uh, took a number of my favorite prayers and scriptures and put it into this liturgy that I wrote for myself. And this is one of the prayers that has really endured for me. And it's the prayer of St. Francis, which is well-known and beloved by many people. Um, but it goes like this. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. 
where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Thank you, James. Yeah. And thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to chat and, you know, share your story and uh, your and your music with our listeners. Yeah, um, I'm happy to. And, and so, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you'll release another single next month? Yeah, a couple of them, actually, in this next month. Um, I will be, so far, I've released three songs from the record. And starting now, I'll actually be, re- be releasing the rest of the record in... Uh, succession so starting at the very first song on the record and releasing a song every month or so until the entire record is out and so um, it'll I'll be constant consistently releasing music for the next you know foreseeable future and if folks want to uh, get connected with you and see more of what you're up to uh, where can they go uh, the best place to connect with me in any sort of long-term sense is Instagram actually um, and that's kind of, I think, the best place. So my Instagram handle or anywhere on social media, TikTok, if that's you, <laughs> is uh, at jamesbishop.wave. Wave being W-A-V, like the audio file format. <laughs> um, so jamesbishop.wave, and that's on Instagram and TikTok. Also, um, you can find my music anywhere on Spotify, Apple Music. I have links to all that in my Instagram, which is why it's a good place to go. Uh, but you can also just search James Bishop on Spotify or Apple Music and it'll pop up. And uh, also, if you're curious to know more, uh, my website is jamesbishop.com. Awesome. Well, James, thank you again. It's been a privilege having you on our show. It has been mine. Thank you for having me. And with that, if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you think would appreciate it uh, via your social media channels. We'd love to hear from you, so do get in touch by emailing us at foreshadowmagazine at gmail.com or connecting on various social media platforms. You can also visit foreshadowmagazine.com to read new writings and listen to other work posted every week. Thanks for listening. That's the forecast. 